Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. One of America's superstars, always with a smile on his face, making everybody else laugh. What happened? What really happened? Mystery surrounding the death of one of America's most beloved comedians. Take a listen to this. Saget began his career as a stand-up comedian. I'm not your mother. His humor <laughs> often raunchy. But I love my mom, and you can too. And about face from his more family-friendly gigs. For decades, bringing joy into millions of homes as the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. Honey, you know that migraine headache you had this morning? Well, it'll be home in an hour. But no role more iconic than you. Mr. Tanner. I'd like to get the girls to bed before Good Morning America. <laughs> Saget and his TV family commemorating their 30th anniversary in an interview with Robin in 2017. We won the Kids' Choice, the Teen Choice, and People's Choice Award. Wow. It was a huge... Yeah. I mean, that was amazing yeah. for us and just such a... Well, the real one. I'm excited I won the Tasia's Choice Award, which is instant coffee. Because <laughs> <laughs> as you get older, you want it to be quick. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even flinch anymore. You've heard them all, Dave. You've heard yes, them all. Yeah. Well, we've known, I've known Bob since I was 18 years That's old. That's what we told really? the judge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even now, Saget brings a smile to our face. But long story short, questions are swirling about his COD cause of death. A lot of it just doesn't make sense what we're being told. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. What happened in that hotel room? Those are the questions, one of many questions that we want answers to. Take a listen. Uh, You were hearing our friends at GMA. Now listen to the 911 call. Okay, and what's going on there? Um, we have a, we have an unresponsive guest in a room. My officer is telling me that he, that there's no pulse and the, uh, Okay, what room number? He's in room. Okay. Non-responsive, not breathing? Yeah, um, not responsive, not breathing, and no pulse. Okay, stand the line for medical, one moment. So we know at the beginning, he already had no pulse and was not breathing when people walked into the hotel room. Now, take a listen to more regarding that 911 call from Alex Capriello. 911, what is the location of your emergency? We have an unresponsive guest in a room. My officer is telling me that he... That is no pulse. That guest, later identified to be comedian Bob Saget, found dead in his Ritz-Carlton hotel room in Florida. A police report released Monday details the moment hotel security entered Saget's ninth floor room to check on his well-being after his family had been unable to reach him and alerted the hotel. The report states the hotel employee found the lights off upon entering the room. Saget's body was on the bed with his left arm across his chest and his right arm resting on the bed. Saget, the report reads, was, quote, cold to the touch. The employee checked for breathing and a pulse, but neither were detected. Already cold to the touch. 
Let me introduce to you one of the members of an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. Uh, renowned medical examiner, the chief medical examiner, joining us out of Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan on Amazon, Dr. William Maroney. Dr. Maroney, thank you for being with us. Limited question at this juncture. Before I get to the COD, I simply want to know one thing, Dr. Maroney. What does that mean to you that he was already cold to the touch? He was laying there for five or six or seven hours that's that's how long it takes to be cold to touch dr maroney he's not out in siberia he's in the ritz carlton don't you think his body would have been the temperature of the ambient air ambient air is it it doesn't matter he is 98.6 alive he assumes room temperature which is somewhere around 50 and you begin to lose immediately when your circulation stops. When he laid down, if his heart stopped, if he had bleeding problems, people are warm for two or three hours in clothes. Well, why don't you stay at least the temperature of the room? Well, because I, I like a little discourse with you. That's, and, and we can discuss that and maybe... I just want an answer. You know. I'm not here for a medical lecture in med school. Just tell me, because from my just citizen brain, I'm uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. It seems to me that your body would stay the temperature of the room and not get cold. Yeah, but it's air conditioning down there. So people are trying to cool the body down. That's it. Okay, so you're saying that may have been the temp of the room. Yes. Okay, now I understand, Dr. Maroney. Just bear with me. I'm just a lawyer, okay? I'm not an MD. I'm a JD. I'm not even a DDS. I don't know how to pull a tooth. So help me out, friend. Guys, what happened to one of the most famous comedians in our country. He has had one hit TV series after the next, but yet we can't make sense of his COD cause of death. Uh, Now, take a listen to our cut one. This is GMA. Overnight, the comedic legend passing away in a hotel in Orlando where he was in the middle of a comedy tour that began in September. going to be for a male patient. Caller's advising it's an obvious death, stating a security officer found the gas not breathing, no pulse. The circumstances of his death remain unclear, but detectives say they found no signs of foul play or drug use. In his final tweet posted yesterday, Saget writing, Love tonight's show. I had no idea I did a two-hour set tonight. I'm happily addicted again to this. Ahead of the tour, Saget reflected on his career in comedy with our Jacksonville affiliate, WJXX. It's not about money. If you're doing stuff to be famous, that's not the answer. You got to do it because you love it with all your heart. His love for craft, pushing others to follow in his footsteps. Tim Wilkins opened for Saget during his last set. I asked, are you still enjoying this? And he said, "I I think I'm enjoying it now more than ever. I appreciate all those comments and all the well wishes. There are people that are deeply mourning his death right now. But all I can think about is what really happened. Because how do you innocently or by accident get multiple fractures to the head in the back and the front? How does that happen innocently? Again, I'm just a lawyer, but it doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you people here in the studio? No, it does not make sense. There may be an explanation. Let's find it. Take a listen now to Jim Murray Inside Edition. 
Bob Saget had arranged for a late 3 p.m. checkout time. When he didn't show, a housekeeper and hotel security went to his room. They reportedly found him in bed, unconscious. His room was neat, his bags were packed and by the door, ready to go. We're told that a member of the hotel staff desperately tried to perform CPR, but to no avail. It's going to be for a male patient. Caller's advising it's an obvious death, stating a security officer found a guest not breathing, no pulse. According to an Orange County Sheriff incident report, all the light were off in Saget's room. He was cold to the touch, and his left arm was across his chest. His wife Kelly was called immediately and told the tragic news. Saget has recently recovered from a bout with COVID-19, which he spoke about on a podcast last week. It does not feel good. I had it. I don't know if I had Delta or a combo. Maybe at one point they were working together. He even joked it might attract more people to his shows. What the hell? When are we going to see Bob? You know, he might die from COVID. Let's go see him. <laughs> Don't say that. You know, joking at the very end. You know, my takeaway, everybody has their own interpretation of what they see, what they hear. What I hear as a trial lawyer was that he was alive and fine at the end of the show the night before, and it probably ran late at a comedy club. 3 p.m. the next day, he's dead. And cold. We just heard a renowned medical examiner, Dr. William Maroney, and author state that it would take several hours. I believe he said three to six hours to get to that. Was it three or six, Maroney? Well, he'd begin to lose temperature immediately and warmth, but to be cold. When will he be cold? Five to six. Five to six. Thank you. You know, you could have answered that in one word six. That would have been an answer. I just mildly suggesting that just throwing it out there so we have let's just pretend midnight when he gets back till 3 p.m the next day if it takes six hours to get cold at the minimum we'll go with five because maroney said five to six that means 3 p.m that goes back to about 10 a.m so between midnight and 10 a.m those are the hours in question. All the lights off. He's lying in bed. His bags are neatly packed at the door. You know what? That threw me a flashback. Karen Stark, uh, esteemed psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan. You can find her at KarenStark.com. Karen with a C. Karen, remember when we first started covering Natalie Holloway's disappearance? That all of, she had packed all of her bags, had them ready to go at the door of her hotel room, ready to go. And that tells me, and I remember your words, Karen Stark, way back when, that she was organized. She didn't plan anything out of the ordinary to happen. And we see the same thing here with Sackett. What does that tell you, Karen Stark? Well, it tells me that he's prepared to go home, that there's no indication, at least for him, that anything is going wrong, Nancy. The whole thing is very suspicious. It just doesn't make any kind of sense that he would, that the police would say he fell, but how can you fall over and over again? Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I remember also, uh, just to bring in a narrative, when you and I were covering the case of the wife of a politician that was found at the bottom of the steps, and she had multiple uh, blows and bruises yes. and cuts yes. to her body. And I just didn't see how all that could happen, you know, in 10 steps. I just, I don't buy it.
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. How did this guy, so alive, so successful, so well-known, end up dead in his own hotel room? What happened in those 10 hours? Take a listen now to our cut two. This is Stephen Fabian, Inside Edition. How Bob Saget suffered that one fatal blow to the back of his head remains a mystery. The medical examiner says it was due to a fall backwards. But today, there's a new theory emerging. As Bob Saget returned to his hotel at 2.17 in the morning, it's possible he could have banged his head on the frame of his car or on the lid of his trunk. After all, Bob Saget was six foot five, so you could see how he could hit his head in such a way. There are also several Several places in his hotel room where he might have struck his head in a slip and fall. A marble table, a wooden desk, shower fittings, or the tile floor. Head trauma specialist Dr. Robert Duarte studied the autopsy report. This wasn't just a little bump on the head, right? Exactly. There were fractures in the base of the skull, in the occipital region, the temporal region. There was also fractures in the front, above the eye on both sides of the of the skull. So even though we're hearing he hit his head on the back of his head, it caused fractures in three places, even the front. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm still going to introduce to you all of our panel, but I've just got to go very quickly to Dominic Romano, a high-profile lawyer and entertainment lawyer, joining us out of New York at RomanoLaw.com. Dominic. Come on, before any murder case or any case dealing with uh, medical facts or science, I would go to the medical examiners, go through it literally line by line, sometimes word by word, because sometimes it really didn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense, Dominic. This does not make sense. He is hit on the front of the head and the back of the head, and they're saying, oh, maybe he hit his, his car trunk. Really? With the front of his head, and then he turns around and throws his head back on the... It just doesn't make sense. Oh, it doesn't seem to add up. How do you deal with that at trial, Dominic, when the medical facts just don't make sense? No, but you have to... Look, uh, my sympathy here is, is with the family, right? Obviously, it's interesting. The public is fascinated. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the, the family has a right to privacy here, right? I'm sorry, um, Dominic Romano. We weren't talking about the family's privacy. I'm talking about when medical facts don't make sense. This is pure speculation. No, actually, it's not because the autopsy is out. So tell me why it's not. Tell me why it's not speculation, Nancy. Okay. Tell me what the facts are. You know, I'll let Dr. William Maroney do that, as well as Nicole Parton, investigative reporter with Crime Online. Nicole Parton, what do we know of the autopsy of the injuries to his head? Uh, Nancy, we know that he had injuries from the back of the skull all the way to the front of the skull. And he also had fractures to both of his eye sockets. His brain bleed was on both sides of the brain. And all medical professionals who are reading the autopsy report are saying it is that that would be compared to being beat with a baseball bat. If it was from a fall, it would be indicative of falling 20 to 30 feet. Okay. Is that confusing enough for you, Dominic Romano? You think that's speculation? Okay. The key, the, the key phrase there is could be. It could be that. Or it could not be that. And, you know, until the facts come out, until we know more, we are doing nothing other than speculating. 
Guys, take a listen to our friends at ABC. This is Victor Canato. Suffering fractures to the front and back of his skull, as well as bleeding in his brain. A toxicology analysis uncovering no illicit drugs or toxins. According to Saget's family, authorities determining that after he hit his head, he went to sleep. It's certainly not about the height of which you fall uh, as uh, traumatic brain injuries that can be associated with the dangerous problem can happen from standing height. And it's not about the force. It can actually just simply be a coincidence that you strike your head at the wrong place at the wrong time. The family attorney called the judge here gracious, saying that they're pleased the court decided to focus on the human elements. The sheriff has gone on the record saying unless any new information comes to light, this investigation is closed. Interesting. Take a listen to our cut 16 from Crime Online. Bob Sackett's autopsy showed ruptured veins in the space between the brain and its membrane covering. This injury caused blood to pool and compress critical areas. The injuries listed included posterior scalp abrasions, subgaleal hemorrhage, discoloration in the upper and lower eyelids due to skull fracture, subdural hematoma, and subarachnoid hemorrhage. Dr. Gavin Britz tells the New York Times that the injuries indicate significant trauma, the type you would find in someone beaten with a baseball bat or someone who had fallen 20 to 30 feet. The autopsy described fractures to the thick parts of the skull as well as to the bones of the roof of the eye socket. Saget's death was ruled accidental with the injuries occurring most likely from a fall, but there are no other injuries to his body. No illegal drugs or alcohol were detected in his system, but two prescription drugs were clonazepam, which is used to treat panic attacks and prevent seizures, and trazodone, an antidepressant. The autopsy report also found that Saget had an enlarged heart. To Nicole Parton joining us, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Tell us what happened leading up to a head injury so severe it's akin to being beaten with a baseball bat, yet it's been ruled accidental. What led up to that, to him going to his room? So he had performed a stand-up show um, in Jacksonville, a late show. He had posted on social media about realizing that he had done a two-hour set. So the show ran late. He got back into Orlando, the Ritz-Carlton. Video surveillance shows him going into the hotel room at 2.17 a.m., hanging the do not disturb sign on the doorknob and locking the door behind him. There was no one seen entering or exiting the room until that following afternoon when the hotel staff go in to do the well check on him. We also know that once he was inside the room after that 2.17 a.m. mark, he made a phone call to his wife telling her that he would be catching his flight out the next day, heading back home to California. They exchanged I love you's and said good night. And that was the last person to have spoken to him and the last time that he was seen alive. You know what's uh, interesting to me, evidentiarily, is that you say he went in with his key card, as you say, 2.17 a.m.? Yes, correct. And according to Dr. William Maroney, based on the temperature of the body at 3 p.m. when he was found dead, that gives me between 2.17 a.m. and 10 a.m. That's less than eight hours. What happened? Take a listen to Steve Fabian at Inside Edition. 
the autopsy on the beloved comedian found he died of blunt head trauma, most likely incurred from an unwitnessed fall. The just-released autopsy report says the blow was so severe he had multiple skull fractures, bleeding on the brain, bruising around the eyes, and an abrasion on the back of the head measuring 1 by 1.3 inches. The report says Saget was 6 feet 5 inches and weighed 228 pounds, and it found that at the time of death he tested positive for COVID. 65-year-old Saget was found dead in room 962 at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Orlando last month. His hotel key card showed he checked into his room at 2.17 a.m. after a stand-up performance. At 3.42 a.m., he posted this photo with the message, Love the show tonight. And we're learning the theory that he may have hit his head on the trunk of the vehicle. That's not going to fly. Take a listen to Steve Fabian, uh, Inside Edition, our Cut 19. An Inside Edition producer checked into the hotel today to investigate what could have happened to Saget. There was a report that he could have hit his head on the headboard. But as you can see, this headboard is very soft. However, next to the bed is a nightstand with a marble top. Hitting his head here would have caused a lot of damage. The bathroom is very small with a lot of hard surfaces. He could have banged his head anywhere in here or slipped on the floor. Talisa Daddio joining us, former police lieutenant with New Haven PD, senior lecturer and director for the Center for Advanced Policing. Uh, Lisa Daddio, thank you for being with us. Shouldn't the room have been processed to find out if there were blood, for instance, if there was blood, for instance, on the bedside table in the bathroom? Anywhere? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the reality of it is that you need to treat every death scene as if it's a homicide until proven otherwise. Um, so you would look at everything uh, and all the possibilities of what could have happened in the room, especially with somebody that has the renowned presence that Bob has. So to Dr. William Maroney, do you agree or disagree with what Daddy had just said? I absolutely agree. And you have to look at the timing. He may have hit his head at two totally different times. We cannot assume okay, whoa, he hit his head once. So you're saying he coincidentally hit his head twice in one night. That's crazy talk. No. Why is that crazy talk, Nancy? Why is that crazy talk? Someone is disoriented. Okay, they're asleep. They're half asleep. They fall. They get up. They fall again. I mean, th- this is about respect. That would be to. That would be the same incident that you hit your your head and you're groggy and you fall and hit it again. Maroney, is that what That's you're exactly saying? Exactly what we're saying. Plus, they they say there's no illicit drugs, but trazodone is a sleep aid. And clonopin or clonazepam is called a sedative hypnotic. One of the side effects of chronic clonopin is amnesia. It helps people forget things. So if you hit yourself, you, 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 did I hit myself? One of the side effects when you take the medicine, did I take the medicine? I don't remember taking the medicine. You take more and then you take more. And then you say, did I take the medicine? I don't know. Clonopin is not a real good, clean drug. It leads to a proactive amnesia with exposure. And that's where he could have hit his head twice, not thinking, unwitnessed. You mean there in the hotel room, hitting his head twice right there. Well, he could have hit his head when he was in the bathroom and then he got up and, they, and then he fell. 
So, so then, yes, fractures in his eye. When you said two incidents, I thought you meant, for instance, he hit his head at the comedy club and then he hit his head in his room. Because I consider all of what happened in the room to be one ongoing incident. And what is the street name of Klonopin, Dr. Maroney? Or is there one? Is that the street name? Well, the Klonis. They like your Klonis. K-L-O-N-I, Klonis. But, you know, Klonopin is a Valium. Klonopin is a Xanax. They're all in the same family. And they lead to amnesia they lead to early alzheimer's if you take it for years and years and it's really only meant to be given for five or six months you would forget and have bad judgment dr maroney what is the so-called natural sleep aid um melatonin melatonin i was just reading a few months ago that extended use of even melatonin can give you loss of memory yeah i mean have a cookie have some milk have a little piece of chocolate. And what was the fun. other drug, Maroney, that Sagan had taken? Trazodone. Trazodone is a classic sleep agent. It's delivered anywhere from 250 to 50 milligrams at bedtime. And it's also an antidepressant, but it's used at bedtime because it's a sedative. After you take that, patients say to me, look, I got to get in bed. I got to sit down. When I take my trazodone, if I'm not in bed, you know, I've, I, I wobble. I can have a hard time getting to the bedroom. But wow, so, right injuries. Now, of- what? What? I'm sorry. Who is that? Is that? Oh, is that Dominic Romano? Go ahead, Dominic. Yeah, but all of these facts imply some sort of self-induced situation, right? Where is the evidence that of this so-called baseball bat of someone surreptitiously entering this room? How? I'm just telling you what the medical examiners who have weighed in on this are saying. Uh, I don't know. I think you're a JD. I was counting on the MDs to explain that for me. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It's not the first time something like this may have happened. Take a listen to our Cut 21. This is Sky News. I'm sure we all remember Natasha Richardson, the star of um, Parent Trap. Beautiful, talented. Listen. Arriving home late last night, Natasha Richardson's closest family. Liam Neeson, her husband of 15 years. With him, her sister Jolie and mother, Vanessa Redgrave, all clearly in shock at such a sudden loss. Her accident appeared at first to be trivial, a tumble on the nursery slope at this Canadian ski resort. Those that saw it say she got up quickly, even laughed it off, but later she complained of a headache. She was taken to the Sacré-Cœur Hospital in Montreal. Little was released of her condition. Clearly, though, it worsened considerably. With her husband by her side, she was transferred to New York, by this stage thought to be on life support. There, her family, including her two teenage boys, spent what little time they had by her side. A family statement read, Liam Neeson, his sons and the entire family are shocked and devastated by the tragic death of their beloved Natasha. Dr. Maroney, what happened? I I don't understand. You get... A bump, literally a bump to the head. She, quote, laughed it off and then dies. That's because the head is a closed 
environment with a fixed volume. And when you bleed and the brain swells, there is no room for swelling or edema. So the swelling and the bleeding. Edema, you mean bleeding. Swelling, yeah. The, the, the blood, there's no room. Okay, for first error. of all, wait, what is edema? Edema is the swelling of tissue because of fluid. The fluid is? It could be blood, but it, it could be just, you know, fluid from blood. There is no room for error inside that skull. And? There's no room, and then what happens? And then you begin to press on the brain, and it, the inner pressure pressing on the brain presses on vital areas that help you breathe, that help you think, that help your heart beat. And when those areas are pressed, you stop breathing. You know, Dr. Maroney, I don't know if you know this, but you had a profound effect on me and my family because um, when John David and you and I had worked many cases together, Dr. Maroney, at this time, when John David was just a little, little boy, he was running, my son, my twin boy, he was running, holding a ball at a birthday party, and they had the party on a professional-grade basketball court at a fitness workout place. He was running, and he tripped. And instead of letting go of the ball and stopping his call, I mean, fall, he was only three, he held onto the ball and somehow hit on his head first. You'd think that's no big deal, right, just to fall no, his head immediately swelled up the size of like a mango. It was big and it was so bad and so immediate. He was screaming. We were up on like the fourth floor. I couldn't wait on the elevator. I had him in my arms and I walked down, ran four flights, ran to the car holding him to get him to the ER. Do you know he was in the emergency? Wait, we took him to the emergency room. They said nothing was wrong. We came back home. And he later said, Ma, I see two mommies. I see two mommies. He had blurred vision. He was disoriented. And my husband said, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And we, everybody went to bed. I laid there for about 45 minutes thinking what you had said on a similar case. Got up, got dressed and took him to the ER. He had a horrible concussion. He was in the hospital for four Nights, because I thought, what if I'm lying here in bed, and he's got a slow bleed to the brain? Now we 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 talked about Natasha Richardson. If you're not familiar with Parent Trap, it's Lucy's favorite movie. I've watched it twenty times. I know I've watched it twenty times. What about Sonny Bono, Sonny and Cher? Take a listen to our friends at Dateline. Congressman Sonny Bono uh, was fatally injured in a skiing accident. What happened here was big news everywhere, as if we knew him. Shortly after 4.30 yesterday afternoon, Heavenly received a missing person report. Yesterday, when the Heavenly Ski Resort closed and his wife Mary reported him missing, nobody seemed very worried. Not at first. Even though Michael Kennedy had skied into a tree and died just days before, everyone here knows it's a relatively safe sport. Last year, just 36 people died in skiing accidents, a tiny fraction of the number killed in bicycle accidents. Sonny Bono was an expert skier. He had gone off the trail for a run through the woods, but just starting down when he hit this tree. 
Today, the coroner said death was instantaneous. His death was caused by massive head injuries due to blunt force trauma. Now, here's a name that I knew, but I didn't know enough about it until my son has roped me into the same son with a concussion to Top Gear, which we now watch all the time. It's about three guys that go from country to country, exploring the country in crazy cars, crazy expensive cars. They often have alluded to this guy, Michael Schumacher, one of the world famous Formula One race car drivers. Beyond compare. Listen. The 44-year-old Schumacher was skiing with his 14-year-old son in an ungroomed part of the trail when he fell and slammed the right side of his head on a rock. Schumacher was wearing a helmet at the time of the accident. Emergency responders say he was conscious when they arrived, although they say he appeared to be in shock and his limbs were moving involuntarily. Shortly after he slipped into a coma, he was airlifted to a hospital where he underwent immediate brain surgery to remove a blood clot and reduce swelling. The operation's done to give the brain more room. Dr. David Langer is director of neurosurgery at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York. The most important reason to operate is not necessarily to take the clot out, though, it's to relieve the pressure on the brain. You know, the swelling itself can be very problematic and very difficult to deal with. Seven-time Formula One world champion Michael Schumacher, not in good real, uh, shape at all. We hear various reports is he still on a ventilator we don't know he's hanging on to life by a thread but what i don't understand is why there were injuries to the back and the front of saget's head to lisa daddio i just to suddenly say the case is accidental case closed without even investigating the room where he died that doesn't make sense to me. So it's hard, Nancy, because, you know, they haven't come out to say that that wasn't done, but they also haven't come out to say that it was done. What do you know, Nicole Parton? Because we've heard nothing about the room being processed. Um, so I have, I'm being told that um, investigation did take place in the room and there was no blood or hair found on the marble top tables that were beside the bed. There was no blood or hair found on the headboard. And so detectives are leaning toward the idea that he fell somewhere on the white marble flooring in the bathroom. Again, clearly speculation on their part, but from the investigation. But they are saying that there was no blood or hair found on the marble table or the headboard that was inside the room. They're also saying that the room was completely in order, uh, nothing in disarray, nothing out of place. Everything looked as it did when he walked into the room, basically. I vote for the bathroom. I vote for the marble in the bathroom. That's it. And I vote for two separate incidents of he fell twice. That's why you have uh, blunt force trauma in different places. To Dr. William Maroney joining us, Chief Medical Examiner, Bay County, Michigan, there was a laceration to his head. How do you explain a blow to the front, a blow to the back, Massive head injuries as if he had been beaten with a baseball bat and no blood found in the room, even though there was a laceration to his head, a cut. His laceration is in a perfect place to show that he fell backwards and 
the blunt force injury is his head hitting a very hard surface, which would cause skin to tear. Doesn't necessarily need to bleed on the outside, but that force is transmitted into the brain and the brain bled on the inside. That's a perfect fall backwards. But the bleeding on the front and the back is a medical phenomenon called coup and contra-coup injuries. That means when you fall backwards, you hit the back of your head, but your noggin, your brain, slams forward and you cause damage on the inside of the skull to the front of the brain. That's very common, coup and contra-coup injuries. And I, I stand by the fact that he probably fell twice in two separate incidents. The second fall might have been the result of being dizzy from the first fall. A fall, a simple fall, not slamming into a tree like the other incidents with Natasha Richardson and Sonny Bono and Michael Schumacher at 60 MPH, but a fall, a simple fall, you're telling me, can result in the force of looking like he was hit by a baseball bat. Yes, and the other thing is, when you're hit by a post or a baseball bat, it makes a very specific impression in the brain and in the bone on how that is. Falling is a flat crack. And and a long linear object makes a very specific uh, pattern that a medical examiner would have said, blunt force injury from an object, as opposed to blunt force injury from a fall. This all works out. It actually does work out that there's two incidents of fall and you can't say which one goes first but they're both because of accident, not because of toxicity, not because of overdose. I don't think it has anything to do with toxicity or overdose. That's very clear to me. These two drugs, clonopin and the other uh, trazodone, that has nothing to do with what happened to him. It's a head injury. I'm trying to sort out what I know of the head injury. A hit to the front, a hit to the back, a laceration, no blood, nothing. Um, But to the point earlier made by Dominic Romano, the family seems, well, I, I can't speak for the family, but I do know this. Take a listen to our friends at ABC Cut 10. A judge in Florida granting Bob Saget's family a temporary injunction blocking the public release of any graphic images or video linked to investigations into his death. Saget's widow, Kelly Rizzo, and three daughters filing a lawsuit against the Orange County Sheriff and the medical examiner's office saying the release of certain records would lead to immediate and widespread dissemination to the Internet as well as print and television media outlets, causing the family irreparable harm in the form of mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress. The sheriff's office saying, while we are sensitive to the family's concerns about the right to privacy, that must be balanced with our commitment to transparency, compliance with the law, and the public's right to know. Still, fans questioning how a fall led to the beloved Full House star's death in an Orlando hotel room in January. Patient will be in room 962. Going to be for a male patient. A medical examiner's report revealing Saget died from blunt head trauma, likely from an unwitnessed fall backwards. To Karen Stark joining us, psychologist uh, joining us out of Manhattan today. Karen, the family is trying to stop, and I don't blame them. Can you imagine releasing video or photos 
of the room or, God forbid, his body? What ghoul would do that? But that's, that's what happens when people are curious, when the public really, there's a, um, a really a vicious kind of um, excitement about seeing the scene of, for instance, with Kobe Bryant. And if you recall, they had somebody got a hold of pictures of the helicopter crash and they disseminated it to the media. And then they had to fight and sue to make sure that those pictures weren't shown. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right, Karen. And what I'm saying right now is until his death, Bob Saget's death, makes sense to the public, there are going to be people digging and searching and trying to find out what happened. It's it's got to reconcile with everyday people like myself, like everyone. What happened to a guy that was so beloved? Our thoughts and prayers with his family and straight to hell with anyone that tries to publish photos or videos of his room, his autopsy report, or him. Nancy Grace signing off. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye.